Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Joseph Duarte, Houston Chronicle. We've had Joseph on many times back even before the realignment when Houston was added among others. He joins us on 365 Sports. You know, Joseph, we've talked about this game and two bad teams right now and Houston coming off what happened. Baylor's in a malaise or a free fall uh houston though to me has explosiveness is that still what they can go to on occasion well as long as you're not looking at the kansas state take <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah there's an explosion yeah. but it wasn't the good kind yeah, yeah. I, you know, at first i was going to say it's sort of insulting baylor by saying it's too bad there's bad and then there's really bad and if you go off of last week's Houston performance it was really bad mm. but no to, to your to your point offensively uh, they do have some explosiveness, and they, they've showed it at times. They showed it in the West Virginia game. They showed it in the uh, first half against Texas Tech. Uh, they showed it in the second half against Texas where they were able to come back from a 21-0 to uh, deficit. But, uh, yeah, it's just a matter of they haven't put it together. You know, they're kind of like Baylor. They start off slow. But when Donovan Smith has gotten in a rhythm, he's got three really, really good receivers that he goes to. So they – they don't go for the deep shot as much, but they, they sort of certainly, you know, go with the short passes that they sort of make big yards out of. Uh, but it's all in the passing game lately. They don't have much of a running game to speak of. Do you think that their running game might see some advantages, though, pay, playing one of the worst run defenses in the country in Baylor? Well, that, that would be the hope. You know, they, they have a true freshman, Parker Jenkins, who's settled into that role probably the last five games. Uh, it has you know they when you when you're facing Texas's defensive front you know they knew they weren't going to get any yards there and they didn't last week they got into a situation where they they had to throw the ball so the last two weeks he might kind of throw it as a wash that you, you didn't really get to see what they wanted to do from a running standpoint but yeah uh, this would be the week considering uh who they're facing and the fact that they would like to to get Jenkins and 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 um Tony Mathis who's from West Virginia and is very familiar with Baylor uh, get those two guys some some work out of the backfield, Joseph. It's it's been a struggle for Baylor everywhere you look. But uh, offense, I mean, can't run the football, uh, can't pass, you know, all that well. What what was Dana's kind of messaging? I know he he brought up the the whole truck in the parking lot, you know, COVID year. That's still kind of a subplot here. It was that whole fiasco. But I mean, in terms of just talking about the program, what did he have to say of anything about uh, you know what he's seen from the Bears or Dave Aranda? 
well, I mean, he, he wants this to be one of those regular games. And, you know, the Matrix came out this week from the Big 12, and these schools will play uh, four times over the next four years, so each of the next four years. Uh, and, and that's something that he wants to see. You know, Dana Dana's very well-versed with the, the history uh, and, and having been in the Big 12. Uh, and then also, you know, these are these are schools that at some point, you know, they cross paths and in, in recruiting. So a lot of familiarity, uh, a lot of history between uh, the two programs. And, and yes, the, the whole equipment truck fiasco <laughs> from the, uh, the COVID year. He, uh, you know, I, I try to bait him a little bit, say, hey, when are you sending the truck down this week? And he's like, hey, I'm not going to go there. Mac, Mac Rhodes was mad at me last time. And I don't want Mac to be mad at me uh, again. Uh, this time so uh, you know a lot of a lot of history and a lot of people in Houston even in a bad year are are looking forward to the games against TCU and Texas Tech and and especially you know the one time against Texas and now Baylor this will complete the uh, the reunion tour uh, for this year. Doesn't that say quite a bit about the respect because Holgerson had the right probably to say what he said no matter the the situation at the time in 2020 but there is a great deal of respect from Pesman and Dana among uh, Kelvin Sampson when it comes to Mac Rhodes. There, there is, and you know, and for Kelvin, you know, he's good friends with Scott Drew as well. Uh, but you know, Mac uh, was at Houston uh, for several years, and he was instrumental in bringing Kelvin on board. He he didn't have any, you know, he brought Tom Herman and uh, on board. Uh, but, you know, Dana's known them. Dana's, you know, been in those circles when they, they meet at the annual meetings. So, uh, no, you know, Mac is very well regarded. A lot, a lot of people thought he did a, a wonderful job there. You know, he was part of the when the, the new football stadium came online and, and sort of the beginning of the, the, the resurrection of the basketball program there. So, uh, you know, it's uh, – and, yeah, and you see what he's doing at, in Baylor, and, and I'm sure he's had – some opportunities that he could have left or, or, or looked for other jobs. And, you know, he's paid very well in Waco. And uh, I think that he, he wants to be, you know, for the long haul. Joseph, what is your now, as we're to the back half of this or part of the season, uh, assessment of Donovan Smith? Uh, you know, the, the consistency just hasn't been, uh, you know, he's, they, they've done a better job in pass protection. So that, that has helped. Uh, but, you know, he came in as a guy that, yeah, he had a lot of experience, but he hadn't been the guy uh, on a team. And, you know, we've seen that now. He, for a while, had done really well protecting the ball, uh, not having turnovers. But the last week he had uh, an interception. He's had a fumble recently. So, you know, there are some things that that he's still working through. But then you look at his numbers, and I believe he's third in the Big 12 in passing. And, you know, he's uh, the last few weeks, you know, he's, you take those those you know Kansas State game out, which was by far the worst game he's had all year. I mean, he's he's been okay, and and this was going to be an important transition from from Clayton Tune, and they got it out of, out of that him and Tank Dell for for two years, going to the new guy. And there hasn't been a quarterback you know uh, controversy. And like, this is Donovan Smith's team, and it will continue to be Donovan Smith's team. It's just a matter of, you know, it's, it's taken him some time to sort of get comfortable and feel his way through uh, what this offensive identity be. So, Joseph, they're entering the final month. They're three and five, and the final month actually sets up pretty well for them. I mean, as far as, like, opponents go, you got a struggling Baylor. Uh, you've got Cincinnati, who you're familiar with. you got UCF. Of course, there's Oklahoma State, which will be at home, and that's that's a different story. But three of those four, like, 
you know, winnable or familiar. Um, at three and five right now, I guess a bowl's not off the table entirely, but it's it's unlikely. So just where they sit right now and where you expect them to probably finish, how would you sort of gauge the temperature on, you know, what the expectations were going in and how you feel they've fared up to this point in the Big 12? Well, um, you know, you're right. The, the, the compared to October, November sets up uh, about as, as well as you can be for a three and five team because you do have the opportunity. You're not looking and staring at, you know, Oklahoma, Texas, you know, uh, and, and either playing Texas or Kansas State later in the year, so they have that going for them. But you know, this was going to be a, this was going to be a rough year to begin with. At the beginning of the year, you know, the athletic director said bowl and uh, bowl appearance and just being competitive were sort of the the goals, and that it would be a transition year. So, I, I think if you if you look at the rice, the rice game is the one that could haunt them. And losing that game for for many reasons, but if you win that game, you're four and four right now, and things really look good for you. And if you beat Baylor this weekend, you you setting up nicely. So that's sort of where people look at this program right now as you know the one that got away. They, they should have had that Rice game. And what does that mean for the future? You know, Dana, the hot seat on him is is getting warmer. And last week, when you don't score for the first time in 23 years. It, it sort of the knob gets turned up a little bit more. And I think uh, a loss tomorrow would just, and I don't want to say it would be the nail in the coffin, but it certainly wouldn't play well with the, with the alumni base, fan base. It's already at a really high temperature. So they've got to, you know, they've got to close out and, you know, five and seven. If you're there, maybe that, that keeps him around. Maybe you have to see which wins they're going to be of that group. But it's certainly um, – he didn't want to say a must-win, but that's where they are right now. These games are all must-wins. Okay, so I had it uh, just jotted down just now to, to ask about the hot seat and how legitimate that was because, you know, it's been a topic of conversation here for a little while, but you're saying there, there is something to that. I mean, I, I, we know there's, there's some, you know, angst and all that, but, I mean, as far as them – feeling strongly enough to maybe do something if things don't go right this final month? You do think there is something to that actual conversation? I do. I do think that there's something to it. And uh, the the and I, I'm sure you guys have heard this. The comment that always come up is a few years ago when they had Major Applewhite, the school president came out and said, we fire coaches that go 84. Yeah. Well, Houston would take it 84 right now, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you. Uh, and I, I think that there, they've reached a point – where they, they are going to have to look at it. You know, Dana was the choice to come into the Big 12 since he had a history and sort of was able to uh, take them into that. How can you sort of, you know, toe the line or between mediocrity? And I think we may have lost him. Sound like the might, the there, there you go. Okay, lost you for a second, Joseph. I'm sorry. The elephant in the room is the is the 15 million buyout. That, that's, the, that's the big thing. Well, Will they be able to step up, or do they want to step up and pay that amount and make another change? And then you know the amount of money that it'll take to bring in a new coach and a staff. So a lot of decisions have to be made, and they, uh, you know, we'll, I think we'll have a clear picture in the next two weeks with with Baylor and Cincinnati. If you lose to both of them, I can see that being it for yeah. them because these are two games that they they should. Uh, be in the in the running to win, and, and that money to, to clarify, Joseph, a buyout money that means that a donor or two, and we know who the big boy is, 
would write a check or at least a couple of five or six of them would. That's not to say, okay, we're finally making pretty good money in the Big 12, but we're going to take $15 million out of that and go pay off a coach, right? Yeah, I mean, well, that money, as they put it, is not there yet. Uh, the checks haven't sure. cleared yet. Uh, and an and interesting thing in Dana's new contract, that he, you know, this, this new contract is only a year in, and it triggered when they got into the Big 12 where – uh, it was kind of a good faith. They were going to uh, re rework the deal because they got into the a power five conference. It's structured now where I believe they wouldn't have to just do a lump sum 15 million. It could be payable uh, in monthly. So it's, it's sort of like you tell them, you know, goodbye, but you know, you'll still pay him for, for as long as, you know, it takes to pay off that amount of money. So it's not like it's coming out all at once, but certainly uh, they were a year or two in the big 12 and those, big annual uh you know revenue shares were coming in it would help a little bit more but uh this is certainly something that that is going to be donor uh funded and and really you know probably Tillman funded joseph thank you man great to have you in waco welcome and uh, appreciate your time joseph duarte does a great job houston chronicle covering uh university of houston Oh.